Hey guys, welcome to Ruin Hammer, season two, episode nineteen. Good evening, uh, everyone. Hello, mate. How are you? I'm doing great. How about you? I'm good. If I start my video, I'll be in, sure. Uh, See just, everything face. disappeared off screen for a minute there, but here we are, back again. No worries at all. Uh, I'm just looking at the Facebook feed, mate. It's doing that thing again with the one screen. No. Nah. It's got it. It's all right. It's two strings. I was just going to say, it looks all right, my end. So, yeah. <laughs> all right, mate. How you been? Yeah, I've been good. Yeah, good, busy mate. week, but um, always good. Better, better than the alternative. What about you? Yeah, mate. Yeah, good, good, uh, good week. I've got a live studio audience today. I've got uh, my two daughters are here. Uh, Brit's flown down from Queensland, and Katana's yep. come to pick her up. So yeah, there's a little bit of background noise. <laughs> There must there must be a reason for that. <laughs> yeah, a little bit of a reason. Um, and yeah. of course, we've got the great Juan in the background. Uh, he's cheering now, but mate, I'll tell you why. It was a different story yeah, last different Friday. Story on Friday night. <laughs> <laughs> but we'll get to that tomorrow, of course. <laughs> we will, mate. We will. Um, yeah, I just want to before we push on, I just want to acknowledge, um, you know, that the rugby league community was rocked on Sunday with the passing of uh, rugby league immortal Bob. Bob Bozo Fulton. Yes. After a brief battle with cancer, um, Bozo played 219 games for Manly and 50 games for the Roosters. He won premierships in 72, 73, and 76 as a player and coached Manly to their premiership victory in 87. Uh, in 1981, he was named one of the first immortals, along with uh, Reg Gaznier, Johnny Raper, and Clive Churchill. Mm. Um, we just want to acknowledge, you know, what Bozo did for the game. We send our our deepest sympathies to the Fulton family. Um, yes. Rugby league has really lost a true pioneer of the game uh, in Bozo. Yeah, wonderful player, coach, yeah. all around good guy, and um, very instrumental during, especially during the Super League War and everything as well. So, absolutely. Yeah. Um, thanks everyone for joining us on this Tuesday evening. Uh, when you when we're on on a Tuesday, it only can mean one thing, can't it, mate? That certainly does. Yep. We uh, we have a very special guest. And shall we not waste any more time? Should we get him in? Bring him in, mate. Um, yeah, tonight we're we're very fortunate to be um, to be joined by one of our uh, current Vodafone Warriors stars. Um, he's played 29, 30 games for the club. Um, he's Warrior number two thirty three. Welcome to the show, Chanel Harris Devita. How are you, bro? Welcome. Hey, that? I'm good. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks for having me on. No worries, bro. No worries at all. No worries, mate. Thanks heaps for joining us. We'll get straight into it. Um, can you tell us a little bit about uh, where your rugby league journey began? So tell us, where did you grow up and um, what, where was your junior club? Yeah, uh, so I grew up in a small suburb called Pakuranga, which is just at east of Auckland. Um, I actually started off by playing soccer when I was five years old. I played soccer for a couple of years and then um, my old man was playing rugby league at the time and after a couple of years of playing soccer, I thought oh, I wanted to be like my old man. So I went and, went and joined um, the Pakuranga Jaguars and um, played there for a few years. Um, then I moved to Mount Wellington Warriors, where I played a couple of years there. I think I played under 11s, under 12s. And then the last club I played at was the Richmond Rovers, oh, which yeah. is just central central Auckland. So yeah. um, that's, that's the last club I played at before I started playing in the... Um, the under twenties comp. A lot of a uh, lot of big name players came out of that Richmond Rovers club too. Um, yeah, one yeah. of the bright stars who came through the Warriors Pathways program um, made your NYC debut on your 
seventeenth uh, birthday in twenty sixteen and played two seasons in that MYC competition. Um, yep. Tell us what it was like coming through those pathway programs uh, with the Warriors. Yeah, so when I was about fifteen, um, I got asked to join the the Warriors Academy, which is isn't necessarily the under twenties. It's you just go in twice a week and you go and do do a few ball ball, ball skill drills and. Um, they teach you like the fundamentals of the game, um, but but when I got to about sixteen or uh, yeah sixteen and a half, I um, they asked me to start training with the under twenties. I think they were watching me at a at a competition, and then yeah they asked me to start training with the twenties. And um, Calvin Wright was the coach at the time. I'm not sure if you know him, but he's yep. I think he coached the Broncos, um, the women's team. Yep. And um. Yeah, it was, it, was, it was two weeks out from my 17th birthday and he, he asked me when I turned 17 and I, I I remember I already looked at the draw and saw that they were playing on my birthday and I knew you had to be uh, 17 to be eligible to play in the under-20s comp. I said it, I said the day and I told him it was on my birthday as well and um, he didn't say anything then, but it was a week later when um, he called my parents and my parents called me into their room and they, they told me the news, told me that I was going going over to Oz to make my, my 20s debut on my birthday. So um, that was pretty pretty special and pretty exciting for, for a 17-year-old kid who's still, yeah. I was still in school at the time. So yeah, um, it was pretty absolutely. cool telling all my mates and all my family. Yeah, how exciting. Well, several other um, current NRL stars came through those 2016 and 2017 systems. So uh, Murata Niakore, Fahiki Ogden, Aaron Clark, Isaiah Papali'i, uh, Bunty Afoa and Paul Turner, just to name a few. Must have been exciting to come through with, with some other sort of notable players who have gone on to do stuff in first grade. Oh, 100%. Um, you see players like Marata and uh, Bunty Afoa and uh, Aaron Clark, who's, who's been given a second opportunity to play at, yep. at the Gold Coast Titans. Um, it's, it's awesome that I... That I got to play with them and seeing them do do well um, in the on the top level. So, yeah, I'm very privileged to be able to play like uh, with the likes of those players. 2018, um, you get moved up to that Warriors Interest Super Premiership side um, to develop your game a little bit more. You know, always with the focus for you to to move into a, the first grade. Um, how did how did you enjoy that season playing alongside men basically? And and was the step up from NYC to uh, the Intrust Super Cup, um, a big step up for you? Yeah, I guess the only real step up for me was the, the physical aspect of the game. Um, I would have only been about 80 or in my low 80 kgs. Yeah. And yeah, everyone else was probably at least 95. So um, I had to expend a lot more energy when I when I was on the defence because I had to throw my, throw my whole body at them when they're only using probably half of the energy that I'm using. So... Um, it was a it was a good learning experience for me as well. I was still, well, I'm still now, but I'm still learning to develop my game management as a as yep. a halfback, and um, I think just getting used to playing against men week in week out was was good for my um, development. Absolutely, yeah. Playing in the ISP team, did you do much training with the first grade squad that season, and in, and in particular, um, like Sean Johnson, or, or was the ISP training separate from the top squad? Yep. So that that was my first year training full time with the team. So we'd um, I'd, I'd train all week. That was that was basically my job was to play footy yep. from from that year onward. 
And um, yeah, I got to train with with Shawnee. Um, Mason Leno was still there. Yep. Trained with him. Um, there were about eight halves in front of me at, at that point, so there wasn't too much pressure. I was I was just playing footy in the in the cup side and um, wasn't really pushing for an NRL spot. I was just having fun, and um, yeah, I had a lot of good good teammates around me. Hayes Perum was was one of my close mates coming through the grades. Um, yep. Louis Susamia, he, he came up through the 20 system as well. Um, I was pretty close with them too. And yeah, I was just having fun. It was, it was, it was a great time. You, um, you got selected to represent the junior Kiwis in 2018 um, in a game that was probably best remembered for that scorpion kick, uh, which you, you did that set up uh, ISIS try uh, against the uh, junior kangaroos. Um was that something that was just off the cuff or was that something you'd practiced or because it was, it was an amazing uh, piece of play. Yeah. Um, it's just one of those things that I did every now and then at training. Um, ever since I was probably when I first started playing at the, at the Jaguars, I would just go around and put the, put the ball behind my back and just flick it over the top and see if I could catch it. And um, something I'll just do like a couple of times every week and then um yeah I don't know what what, what I was thinking um but it was last I think it was last tackle it was last tackle nothing, yep. nothing was on so I just thought what the hell and um I was lucky lucky that it came off because I would, probably would have got um pulled off by the coach if it, if it <laughs> <laughs> uh, nice little trick shot so that's something that's put it back in the back pocket now, mate. You're not going to pull that out in um, in an NRL game? Like, say, this weekend? <laughs> nah, I, I remember um, it was the next year when Mooks was the coach. Yeah. And I, I did it at training and, and we scored off it. And he sprayed me after training. <laughs> I would have never do it again, so I haven't done it since. Uh, yeah. Oh, well, interesting. Well, prior yeah. to the start of the 2019 season, um, Sean Johnson is surprisingly released, rele- surprisingly released, and both yourself and new recruit Adam Kieran are named as two guys to possibly replace him in, in that season. Um, how did his departure affect you personally? I think it just gave me an opportunity to really knuckle down on on my game and um, try and develop myself and. Uh, put my best foot forward so that I can um, try and play in the halves as a, as a um, genuine first grader. And um, yeah, I, I actually wasn't expecting him to let go of Shawnee. Um, yeah. I'll, I don't think anyone was, bro. Nobody yeah, was. yeah. Yeah. We're all blindsided. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I was, I was just looking forward to playing another year of cup and uh, putting on a bit more weight and yep. uh, um, trying to develop my game. Um but yeah, when he, when he left, there was sort of an opportunity for uh, Kegs, Hayes, Perm, myself to really step up and um, try and push for that number six jersey because because Greeny was the halfback yep. at the time and um, yeah, I remember that that preseason like it was just yesterday. Where it was probably the hardest I've ever worked. Um, yeah, and um, full credit to Kegs. He he started off really well in the, in that first round and. Um, unfortunately, just um, for some reason, didn't get picked in in the fourth or fifth round, and um, yeah. yeah, that gave me the opportunity to um, just have have a jam. <laughs> yeah, well, that, I was going to say, AK got got the nod ahead of you that season, um, and I suppose yeah. the, the other thing too was we lost 
Mason Linor a couple of weeks yeah. before, like to Newcastle a couple of weeks before Shawnee was released. So it really did open up an opportunity for you guys. Um, AK yeah. got, got the nod. Uh, but mm-hmm. after successive losses, you get named to make your first grade debut in round four against the Gold Coast Titans, which was a game that we yeah. won. Um, describe yeah. your, the emotions surrounding your first grade debut, especially playing at Mount Smart in front of all your family and friends too. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, it's, it's hard to describe. It's probably the, yeah, it's the most memorable part of my career so far, um, debuting. Uh, I was lucky enough to debut in front of my family and friends back at Mount Smart and um yeah, I remember coming off the field and just looking to the crowd and I saw all my family and friends in one spot. Yep. And I just broke down in tears. I just I just started thinking about all the all the things um that they did for me to get to where I was. And um yeah, I couldn't be more grateful for the the small circle that I have. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah, that, that 2019 season you played five consecutive games in first grade. And then you aren't seen in first grade for the next eight weeks after Cody arrives at the club. Was it always yeah. the plan to ease you into first grade um, in spurts throughout the season? Um, I, I'm not too sure what the, the plan was. Um, Mooks just wanted me, me to focus on my game management. That's always been a, been a work on for me. Um, I've always enjoyed doing the flashy stuff, but um, as, as you know, you, you can't do that in the NRL, otherwise you're going to get your pants pulled down. So yeah. um, I had to start working on the, the minor minor parts of my game, my kicking game, my passing, how, how I run and when to run. And um, and that's that's sort of what I, what I focused on the most when I when I went back and played cup. And then um, when I came back, I got to play in the team, but I was playing at hooker and centre. So it was a different experience for me, but... Um, yep. Well, I was just I was just stoked to be back back playing with the team. You um yeah you, you come back into first grade in round seventeen, uh, which was a draw to the Broncos, and then you play the next eight games in first grade. You score your first NRL try in the round twenty loss to Canberra. You actually scored two tries in that game. Um, what do you remember about your first NRL try? Yeah, it wasn't um wasn't a really exciting moment. I remember with. I put the ball down and I went to celebrate and I looked at the scoreboard and we're down by 30. Smashed. I I just dropped the ball and walked back to to halfway. Yeah. Wasn't the best first try, but um, yeah, I was was still, I was happy inside. I was happy inside. Oh, yeah. Good. Get get one under the belt. Yeah. Yeah. The, The 2019 season was, yeah, was a tough season where the club didn't live up to the expectations um, following the success of the return to finals the previous season in 2018. Being your first season in first grade, um, what are your personal memories of your debut season in the NRL? Oh, there's, um, to be honest, I, I think it was just running out for warm up and seeing all the players that I've, I've watched growing up warming up in the other team. <laughs> I was so used to, like, uh, it was the same thing at training, like training with the Warriors. I'd go, go to, when I first started training with them full-time, I'd walk into the physio room and you have Ryan Hoffman, um, yep. Jacob Lilliman, Sean Johnson, Manu Vatuvai, 
all these people in the same room and I just feel so uncomfortable because <laughs> I just don't deserve to be there. Um, but yeah, that, that was probably the biggest thing to me for me was seeing like the, the best players in the NRL warm up on the other side of the field and getting ready to play against me. Do you, um, do you pinch yourself sometimes like, is this real? Um, that you've probably got the best job in the world, bro. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, you sometimes take it for granted um, when you when you're just in week in week out training. But um, yeah, when the win like we had in the weekend, they they make it um, they make the weeks that much better. And um, yeah, hopefully we can we can keep that winning or we'll start getting a winning streak going. The uh, yeah, um, the 2020 season started under really difficult circumstances. Um, with the playing group finding out straight after that round one loss to Newcastle that you wouldn't be flying home uh, due to COVID lockdowns. At the time, you guys had only really packed only uh, like overnight bags, really, um, for an yeah. overnight stay. Can you think back to that time and describe what the feeling like was within the squad um, then? Um, yeah, I, I remember coming off the field uh, playing when we played against Newcastle in round one and um, the Mooks addressed the team about the game and talked about certain areas of improvement. Um, and then Cam swapped seats with him, came and sat down and we we're looking at each other like, what, what's going on here? Like, this is pretty, this will be pretty serious. And then he, he broke the news to us. And as um, soon as he finished talking, all the boys just got up and went straight to their phones and started calling their families, telling them that, they're not sure if they're going to be home or not. So um, it was pretty, pretty sad, pretty sad to see. Um, there were a lot of partners, well, I heard there were a lot of partners back home just in tears because they're, because they're not sure when they when their partner's going to come home from work. And yep. um, we weren't, we were unsure of what was happening with the borders. So, and, and the NRL as well. And um, yeah, it was, it was pretty sad at the time, but um, we're lucky we got a pretty, pretty solid group and, um, yeah, it was it was a tough time for for a lot of not just us, but everyone in the everyone all over the world. Um, yeah, yeah, it was it was pretty weird. Yeah, well, we we uh, played the second game on the Gold Coast against the uh, Raiders before before going home. But one thing I noticed between the first and second round is you you cut off your signature flowing locks. Yeah, uh, was there a special reason for that? Oh, I was too hot. It was way <laughs> oh, too right. hot. Yeah, that's that's why I cut it. Uh, but I, th- I think I'm going to grow it back out. Oh, really? All right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Going to have a Samson effect when your hair grows back. And oh, hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's the point. <laughs> well, well, the competition. But yeah, no, I, I just cut it. It was getting way too hot. Um, there were a couple of barbers coming in when we were, where we were staying at in Kingscliff. Yeah. Um, and I, I was sitting there watching the boys get a haircut, and I was like, "Oh, it feels so nice if I just cut my hair right now." And, and I, um, I ended up cutting it. And when when I had a shower, it was the best shower I've ever had because really? it actually washed like my scalp. Yeah, and I felt like, warm water on my head, and then it was dry in five seconds afterwards <laughs> as well. Then I have to dry it for half an hour, but it was good. Yeah. Canteen sponsorship or something. Yeah, like yeah. <laughs> yep. well, well, after that, the competition goes to the shutdown and the squad returns to NZ 
and NZ goes into full lockdown. Can you describe how difficult it was going back to NZ and then, yeah, going straight into lockdown? Yeah, I think I think the main thing was the uncertainty around everything. Um, we probably had about 40 Zoom calls between when they ended or they suspended the comp and when it started. Um, we were on the, I remember on the Viber chat every day asking what's going on, when, what do we do for training, when, when are we going back to Oz? And um, we were lucky that Peter Valani is committed to a date and um, we sort of just flew over not knowing, flew back over not knowing what was going to happen with the families and whether they were going to get over or not. So, um, yeah, it was just a lot of uncertainty around the living situation and, and families. Was it um, like doing a lot of your training by Zoom calls and then you're doing solo training because you're dealing with in full lockdown, uh, not like yeah. we were uh, here in Australia. Um, <laughs> extremely unusual circumstances for a team sport. Was it difficult to stay motivated, um, especially when there was so much uncertainty around how the comp restart would affect our team in particular? Oh, 100%. Yeah, I... Yeah, so uh, some days I wake up and I'm just like looking at the the training schedule. Like, when am I going to do this? <laughs> My bed's right next to me. I, I just want to lie in bed all day. Yep. Um, but, but it was good. Like the boys, we have different color groups, so we're split into four different color groups, and yep. um, we're pretty active on the group. Um, all of us posting photos and sending videos of everyone training. So. Um, I guess in that regard, we we're, were sort of tight. Um, and yeah, we we just needed to stay fit because we weren't sure when when the comp was going to resume. Was, was it the color groups you're talking about, were they position specific? Like, was it? No, nah, they're, they're, they're totally random. They're, they're randomly picked, yeah. Yeah, the comp gets the green light to, to restart. And as you said, you fly back to Tamworth um, for the 14-day isolation. After yeah. the fourteen day period in Tamworth, the team shifts to Terrigal, and you set up yeah. base there, and you play the home games out of the Central Coast Stadium. How yeah. difficult was it in those early weeks to be away from home? Um, yeah, they, they were probably the toughest weeks um, because we 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 weren't sure when the families were going to be able to allowed to come over because they they didn't get the um, exemption to come over. Only, only we do. Um, but we were promised that the, the families were going to get an exemption. And as soon as they did, then that, that fly over. But um, in those first few weeks, we were sort of looking at each other like, when, like when's this exemption going to get approved? Yeah. And then um, it actually, it didn't end up happening. Um, and yeah. Um, and, it, and it was my first time moving away from home as well. So that, that was a new experience for me. Um, yeah. It was, yeah. Can you describe what life inside that COVID bubble was like? Because um, like I said, for most of us, uh, once the comp got started around that time period, for most of us, it was our lives were going along pretty much as normal. Yeah. You guys were living in this, this really tight bubble. Um, I remember seeing mm -hmm. uh, news stories and videos that you had to go and set up uh, um, like fencing at the, at the gym before you did your gym sessions and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So um, pretty much when we got to Terrible, the only thing we could do was um, go to training and go back home. And that, that's all we were allowed to do. We, were, we weren't allowed to go um, to a cafe, restaurant, um, go, out, go out and have dinner with, um, with one of the boys. We, we sort of just had to keep ourselves occupied 
in our rooms and um yeah it got got really boring um for the first couple of weeks but then they started to ease the restrictions as as the COVID cases dropped so uh we were pretty lucky yeah when the season restarts we have a win against the dragons and that 18 nil and a 26 nil loss to Penrith and a 37 26 win against the Cowboys and then our next game is a 40 to 12 loss to South and after that game uh Steve Kearney is sacked as fans we were all blindsided by by that decision it obviously must have been a massive shock to the playing group too yeah um yeah that was a huge shock actually um we we had just um, lost against the Rabbits that night. I'm not sure what, what, what day it was exactly, but Friday. Yeah. it was the next morning we had a video review. We usually do a video review the day after we play. And um, we're waiting in the team room for, for the coach to come in. And um, I remember Jazz tapped me on the back and showed me one, uh, an article on Instagram, and it said that um, Mooks have been sacked. Yep. And I was like, what the hell? And he walked in like 10 seconds later and, and broke the news to us. And yeah, it was, it was pretty stink um, the way it happened. But um, yeah, it's the NRL is a business and it's it can be brutal at times. But um, yeah, yeah Mooks, Mooks was a great, he was a great coach and um, an even better, better bloke. So, um, and, and it's good to see him doing well with, with Melbourne at the moment. Yeah, for, for us as fans, it kind of, like the decision seemed to be at a really weird point in time because of the fact of what you guys were going through, living away from, you know, New Zealand, having to base yourselves in Australia. And Mooks was almost like that father figure that was kind of holding everything together. Um, yeah. So as, as fans, we actually feared that that was going to be the, the massive undoing of, of the squad and that guys would want to return home and, and not continue to play any further. But luckily enough, you know, um, it didn't pan out that, that way. Um, yeah, Toddy Payton's given that interim coach's job. Uh, his first assignment is against Melbourne, uh, a game which will probably go down as uh, probably our worst performance of the season last year. Yeah, uh, and it's our it's your first game since the comp restart. Yeah, TP's press conference after that was pretty no nonsense and direct, and he maintained that hard nosed approach all through the season. The squad seemed to really buy into his philosophy and his attitude. Um, going yeah. like throughout the season. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, when after that, I remember after that storm game, Toddy Toddy set the boys down, and um, he knew the situation that we were in. Like some of the some of the boys were still waiting for their families to come over. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they couldn't. They still couldn't get the exemption. So um, Toddy sat us down, and he sort of said, "Look." Um, we can sit here and um, feel sorry for ourselves, go through the motions for, for the rest of the year, or, or we can knuckle down and we can show everyone what, what, what this club's all about and and become a, a club that everyone can be proud of. Yeah. And um, from that point on onwards, um, everyone started enjoying everyone's company. Yep. And um, the boys that whose families couldn't come over, um, they ended up going home. Um, I think it was Ken and Fuss and King Wuniawa. Yep, Ignatius Parsi. Yeah, Ignatius Parsi. Yeah, yep. and um, the rest of the boys just knuckled down and, and got to work. And um, I think it showed in a few a few of the performances we we had back in the back end of the year. 
Yeah, well, as as you just touched on, um, yeah, we, we had the appointment of Todd Payton after that Melbourne Storm game had a bit of a rally, and we had a really strong win against Broncos, and then mm. we had we had the two losses as you mentioned, uh, Ken Fuss, Parsi, and King all returned to NZ. But did that did that not to put you on the spot? But did that decision have any effect on the squad in any way for those guys to go home? Um, a little bit, I think. I think. For them, um, they needed their families and we could sort of sense a feeling of, um, I can't really, I'm not sure how to describe the feeling, but you could tell that they were a little bit down about their situation yep. um, at training and you, you can't blame them. Like they've come, come to a different country, um, not knowing if their family's going to come over and they've got to keep trying to get up for one of the hardest games in the world every week. So um, I think it was a good decision for them to go home and um, be with their families. Cause um, yeah, if you're not, if you're not going to be here mentally, then um, there, there's no point in, in turning up to turning up to training or, or anywhere really. Yeah. They, um, I think it was, it was documented. Uh, I think Ken had just had a child or his partner had just had a child and yeah. Yeah. his partner was expecting yeah. Um, Ignatius's partner was raising four boys on her own, so yeah, yeah, their focus was obviously on their family and 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 not footy. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, let's face it, family is the most important thing, isn't it? Yeah, hundred percent. Um, it was great because there was a period of last season where you guys were playing in empty stadiums, no fans. You know, they, they had <clears> the fans in stadiums and uh, what have you, and eventually, fans were allowed to come back to the game. Um. We as Aussie based fans, we we don't get to see you boys play uh, as much as like live as much as we'd like to, because uh, we're always the away supporters. Um, from a selfish perspective, it was great for us to be able to experience a little taste of what it was like to be a home fan up on the centre yeah. coast. Um, being isolated from your family and friends, was it nice knowing that there was that core group of fans that kept rocking up week in week out to support you guys whilst you were living away from home? Yeah, I, I think um, having that that community away from home really helped um, bring us home in the, in the back end of the season. Um, I, I love turning up to Central Coast Stadium and even if there were only 50 fans there for the Warriors, it was just cool to see some some people cheering for us. And um, yeah, well, as a team, we're really grateful for all the supporters that we not just had last year, but continue to support us this year. Yeah, the crowd's gotten bigger this year, though. Yeah, it is. <laughs> <laughs> Round 16 was a very special game because the club took the game against Newcastle back to Tamworth um, to thank the fans and the town in general for its um, support throughout the year. And it was our best win of the season last year. What are your memories of that game and the support that Tamworth showed to the team? Yeah, I just remember it was a, um, yeah, it was pretty special for us because... Um, like you said before, they looked after us when we were doing our two weeks isolation, and um, yeah, it was a it was a big travel day for us. We we travelled in and out on the same day, and um, we just we needed to get get a result. And um, everyone turned up and did their job, and um, yeah, it just goes to show if, if everyone's doing their job, then we're we're a pretty um, decent team. Yeah, absolutely. Um... Round 17, we played Parramatta. 
And although we lose the match 24-8, and it's probably best remembered for the two, two tries you scored that day, um, your second try is off an RTS break through the middle and, and you backing up. But that first try is a miracle try from like 13 passes and two yeah. kicks. Um, tell us what you remember about that try. Um, oh, I, don't remember. I just remember chasing the ball everywhere. <laughs> I, was, I was so tired. I remember I was so tired. I put the kick in and I was just moving because we, we get told to keep moving until we get the ball or until they get the ball. Yep. And then the ball ended up in my hands. I threw it. Um, ended up getting it back. Threw it again. Yep. I saw them. I saw Neff, uh, Cody Nakarima coming back with the ball, and I just started pointing, pointing towards the the post for him to kick it. And then, um, yeah, he put in a good kick, and I was lucky to get the bounce. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, it's one of the great Warriors tries. That one. <laughs> Throw back to the old days. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The, the round the round A team lost the Sharks effectively ends our semi final dream that season though. How hard were those last few rounds knowing that there'd be no semi final fairy tale and that you still couldn't go home for another couple of weeks? Um, yeah, I, th- I think it was when we knew that we weren't going to play in the finals. There was a we, we, most of the boys just felt like going <laughs> going home, but we wanted to we wanted to finish on a high and. Um, we were lucky that we did that, um, but I, I know in the back of my head, I, I just wanted to go home and see my family and see my mates because I, I hadn't seen them in about five months. So, um, yeah, I, for us as a team, we sort of had to just focus on the last few games to finish on a high. Yep. And um, because we knew Toddy wasn't going to be there next year, and we wanted to send him out on a high as well. Mm. Um, and, yeah, we I, I think we did that. Yeah, absolutely. I, I was fortunate enough to be at that final game of the season against Manly. Um, the team really put on a show for their home fans that day. It ended up being a pretty emotion-charged day with Andrew Abdo being there to acknowledge the sacrifices of the squad and the video display of um, rival players thanking the team and a video farewell to the departing players. And then that harker to, um, to Adam Blair was a real highlight. The next yeah. day, the team broke from camp and finally returned home. Um, describe those feelings for us, especially having lived with each other for you know the the previous five six months. Um, yeah, I, I think um, more than anything, everyone was everyone was excited to go back to New Zealand. Um, the people that hadn't seen their families, um, yeah, were, were all packed, ready to go, and. Um, because the New Zealand borders were closed, we, we had to go straight back into into quarantine. Yeah. So we were sort of back home, but we, we couldn't go home and after until the two weeks had finished. So um, yeah, we we're all ready to go into quarantine and um, try and keep ourselves busy until until we could um, get released. Yeah. Well, the Aussie boys stayed in Australia and didn't return to NZ. Yeah. Was it tough saying goodbye after spending so much time together or it was like, I don't want to see you again until I have to? Uh, more, more second, second answer. <laughs> we, we have heard that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. When, you're living, when you're all living in the same complex, you, you're living in each other's pockets and um, yeah, it was just good to break away. And I guess that's probably one of the main reasons why Wade and I stay yeah. uh, a couple of minutes away from the... We still stay close to the complex, but we, we've got our own space. And, um, yeah, that's probably one of the main reasons why, we, yeah. why we're staying here. 
Are you the only two that aren't staying in the in the Star of the Sea complex in Kerrigal? Uh, so um, Bailey Surinan lives by himself. Okay. And um, Ewan Aitken lives with his partner. Okay. Yeah. Right. Yeah, Bailey, they're both outside of the complex. Bailey's there all the time, though. You see him in Sean O'Sullivan's cooking videos. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he, he gets lonely. <laughs> when there's no three girls over, he, yeah, he's he gets a little bit lonely, so, um, yeah. Um, the, the 2021 preseason commences uh, with two separate squads training in two different countries. Um, that must have been a pretty strange and unique experience for, for everyone. Yeah, it was, it was pretty weird. You usually come back to a, to a squad full of 20 to 30 players, but we only had about 10 players training in preseason. And it's sort of in preseason, you, you want more players so you can hide during fitness. But <laughs> when, there's only 10, when there's only 10 players, there's no hiding. <laughs> there's nowhere to hide. <laughs> but yeah, it was a, it was a different experience. Um, we were doing this, oh, we, we do this fitness test called the Bronco, um, which is 20, 40, 60, or 20 back, 40 back, 60 back times five. Yep. And um, yeah, we, I remember we'd just be competing with the, the Aussie team's times. They'd, they'd send them over every couple of weeks and um, that that little bit of competition was, was pretty cool. Yeah, good. Well, two groups uh, came together in January to spend the preseason in Tamworth and then relocate to Terrigal for the season. Um, how was it this time round? I'm guessing that it's a much better situation um, compared to the uncertainty of the previous year. Yeah, I think the only thing it was it was bloody hot. It was Tamworth in summer. Yeah, yeah. Oh. thirty. I think it was at least thirty degrees every day, yep. and we we train at peak peak um, temperatures, like from about ten to twelve. Ooh. Just getting flogged, running, 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 tackling, running. Oh, yeah. But uh, I, I guess we, um, it's good for us because we, we got to acclimatize to the to the Aussie heat. Yep. Which is something which is something we we've never done before because. Oh, that's right. Yeah, mm. absolutely. Yeah, yeah, we, true. we usually do preseason ends it. So, um, yeah, might have helped us. Might not have, but um, yeah, there was, it was a it was a tough month, but it was, it was pretty cool because we we're, were all together. Moving forward, do you think that's something that the club might do every year? Like just because the the beginning of the season in Australia is in that like March April uh, time period is always a very hot start. It's still to be season. very warm. Yeah, do you think it's something that they might do? Like, yeah, I don't. I don't think it's a bad idea. Um, yeah. Obviously, something that that the um, coaching staff and strength and conditioning team can talk about. And um, I'm because I've got to. Um, like kids or anything so it's it's easy for me but it's the ones with families who mm. who um like if, if we go to tamworth they'll just be stuck in the hotel for the whole, yeah. the whole time there's not much to do in tamworth as well um all you can do is just take your kids to the pool and that, that's pretty much the the sightseeing in tamworth but <laughs> um yeah it, it's easy for me, it'll, be, it'll be different for it'll be different for everyone yeah. We do love you, Tamworth. Those thank thank you for putting. The yeah, we love you, Tamworth. Two, two three four zero. <laughs> um, living as a community with your teammates for the second season in a row, uh, you guys must really make some some really strong bonds and connections with your teammates that you probably ordinarily wouldn't make if you weren't all living together. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
because we don't have our um our mates that we usually hang out with away from footy it's we sort of just uh, we've only got us so um on our days off we'll catch up um we've got a little breakfast club um that we go to bricky once or twice a week and just catch up and have coffees drink about eight coffees in the morning and um go for a swim and yeah it's, it's pretty cool we've got a um good bunch of boys which which makes it easy Terrigal's not a bad place to be spending your time either, is it? Nah, yeah, 100%, 100%. <laughs> With Nathan Brown as head coach, you've effectively had three coaches in three seasons. So can you tell us about his coaching style? And can you also tell us what type of influence um, Phil Gould has been during the off-season and the start of the season? Yeah, um, Nathan Brown's just... He's, um, He's straightforward and he's honest and that's that's what you need. He's um, probably one of the smartest coaches I've had um, in terms of footy. He he watches about 48 hours of footy in one day. Yep. Um, every time I see him, he didn't watch the game last time, man. He didn't watch the game. <laughs> he's, no, he's a good he's a good man. Um, he he he's hard on me. Like he he wants me to develop my game and um, I, I want the same. So. Um, that's what you want in a coach. You want a coach that's smart, knows the game, and um, treats their play as well. So, um, yeah. yeah, I like Brownie. And um, with Gus, he he sort of comes in once or twice uh, or a couple of times a month yep. um, just to watch training. And I'm sure he's having lots of conversations with Brownie and um, a lot of the, the staff members back home about our development pathways and yeah. our systems and how we can improve that. So, um Gus is sort of the man that oversees sees everything. We um we saw he was back there last week, I think, um, having a look at some some things back in New Zealand and and with Brownie, I, I found watching his uh, post match press conferences, he seems like a really level headed, um, like down to earth kind of coach. Uh, <laughs> understands that you know it's a young squad and there's going to be mistakes, but so long as you guys keep learning from those, that um, you know it's going to make us a better team in the long run. Yeah. Um, another thing that's good about Brownie is he, he's got a lot of experience. Um, he's coached at many other clubs before and um, had success and um, we've just got to trust in him. And um, I think if we do that uh, and we perform to the best of our ability, um, then I, I think we, we can be a, a pretty solid um, team. Yeah. Um we saw through our connections last year with the Warriors women's team, uh, the importance of respecting and embracing the different cultures represented within the squad. Um, and that's something that this 2021 squad embraced also. Um, how important were those cultural nights that you guys went through during the preseason? Oh, they were awesome. Um, we had a Māori, um, Samoan, Tongan and Fijian night. Yep. And an Aussie, an Aussie Indigenous cultural night. Um, so each night, um, the players of that heritage would describe the values and and what what the culture means to them, and um, you sort of get an understanding of of where everyone comes from, and um, there's a lot of similarities between between the cultures, and um, it's cool to see where everyone comes from and and us all coming together and um, becoming one powerful group. How um how would you rate how we've been going this season? It's kind of been uh, a win, a loss, a win, a loss kind of thing. Um, yeah, h- how would you rate the season so far? 
for for us? Um, I wouldn't say incons- inconsistent. I I just think in a lot of areas we're so close. Yeah. If we can add up those little areas, and and over the next month, I I think we're going to be at, we're going to finish in the top eight. Yeah, we agree. It's funny because like last week we were up at Magic Round, or not last week, the week before we were up at Magic Round, and that game against Parramatta, they jumped out to that twenty-four nil lead mm. in the first twenty minutes. But the remaining mm-hmm. sixty minutes, like we were the better team with an eight, like winning that yeah. portion of the game, eighteen ten. It was just a, a few lapses in um, in concentration. Yeah, yeah that, that kind of got had that game get away from us. Um, yeah. Yeah. So probably trying to get all that together. Uh, for an 80-minute performance, um, yeah. yeah, it will be important. You're looking forward to getting up to North Queensland this week to face up against Toddy's Cowboys again? Yeah, I, I didn't get to play last time, unfortunately. No. But, um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm really excited. I've packed my bags already. We're, we're leaving tomorrow morning. Oh, okay. Uh, good. Yeah, so we, we fly, we, we bus to Newcastle, um, fly to Brisbane, and then fly to Townsville. We come back Saturday. Um, just in time for Maney's performance at uh, at the Sunken Monkey. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Are you going to be there? I probably won't, but I'm I'm telling you, my daughters will. Uh, they'll be up there. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. Um, I, up there. I love yeah. what Maney's doing, but that uh, mate, he, I think he said he's going to be on at eleven thirty at night. That's way past my bedtime. Oh yeah, me too. I don't think I don't think I'll be going, but yeah, it, it'll be a good night though. It'll be a good night. He's he's very talented, Maney. He's good at yeah, a lot he of is. Stuff. yeah, yeah. He um yeah, he's very talented. I mean, don't be wrong. I've listened to his stuff. Um, yeah, on Spotify. Yeah, yeah Spotify. He's yeah. very very good. Yeah. All right, Chanel. I'm gonna change the pace. I'm going to ask you a few questions that we ask all of our guests. Um, so just a few quick fire questions here while uh, Mark scrolls through <laughs> for some questions from our viewers. Start yeah. off, who is your toughest teammate? Toughest teammate? Oh, I hope he doesn't see this, but Toyo Toyo Harris. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Cool. Who's... Why do you hope he doesn't see it? Because <laughs> I hate giving him compliments, but he's he's just too good. <laughs> it's funny you mentioned him because he usually appears in, a, in another one of the categories that I'm going to ask you. But anyway, we'll get to that one. Yep. Um, who's yeah. the most professional in regards to game prep in the squad? Uh Roger. Oh yeah, by far. Yeah, he's always he's always got like eight pairs of new boots lined up every game. Just in case. There's like, yeah, four sprigs, four molds, and they're all brand new Nike boots, and they're just a range of like an array of colors as well. It's it's crazy. He's going with the pink or the ready color ones at the moment. I noticed. Yeah, yeah, he he hates bright boots, Roger. <laughs> okay, I'll stick with what works, mate. He's in great form at the moment. <laughs> yeah, Who, who's the best sledger? Um. Oh, I haven't really heard anyone sledge. Um, we we don't have like a really grubby team, to be honest. Uh, I reckon if I had to choose, it would be Jazz. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't really sledge, but he's just a grub. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah. 
which brings us on to the next question. Yeah. Well, oh, who's who's the biggest sledger in the opposition, actually? Yeah. Um. Oh, I. Um, I haven't experienced it, but I heard Will Chambers is one of the best sledgers yep. in the game. Yeah. Yeah. I yep. think um, most people would agree with that. Yeah. Well, who's okay? So who's the biggest pest then? Oh, Jazz, well, far. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> you pretty much hit some. <laughs> it's close between him and Adam for Oh, really? Yeah, Adam's a, yeah, he's a bit of a piss. <laughs> okay. Who, who's your toughest opponent? Um, oh, Luciano Leilor is pretty tough on the weekend. My, I'm still sore from that game. Yeah. Um, one of the toughest players I've had to tackle was probably Cohen Hiss. Oh, yeah? Yeah, that, but that was my first year, first year playing first grade. Um, and we played them, it was, it was, I think it was my third or fourth game. And my my name must have been on his tip sheet to, to just run it because he ran at me the whole game. And I was so slow afterwards. A couple of and guys. He, yeah, he's extremely hard to tackle. Yeah. A couple of guys have made that mistake of running at you. You've, you've got a, a pretty um, big defensive game on you, though, bro. You've... Um... You've hit, you've made some big hits in your career. Yeah, I've got to stop doing it. I'm gonna sh- I'm gonna shorten my career. I need I need, a, I need longevity. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh no, we love it. It's great to watch. <laughs> um, who is the best trainer? Um, who's the best trainer? I reckon Wade Egan's up there. Yeah. My roomie. He, yeah. he trains pretty hard. Um, the the new kid, Walshy. Yeah, I was going to ask yeah. you about him. He's um, he's just full of energy, bro. Like, and I and I love it because usually full of full of old people, like just yeah, getting going through the motions. But when you when you have a little a kid like that who's just joined first grade and he's killing it. He just comes to training on his on his tippy toes, just wanting to be in everything. Yeah. I, I love that kind of stuff. And they, they say yeah. he watches a lot of game footage too. Yeah, yeah, he's he's real footy smart. Um, yeah. Walshy, he he loves watching watching footy, um, which which is good, yeah. good for us. Yeah, yeah brilliant. Cool. Who's the team comedian? Oh, we got a few. Um. Top, top three would have to be, I'll go Jazz, Adam, and Bailey Sermon. Oh, Bailey wow. Bailey Sermon, okay. We've been told yeah. Kane Evans. Kane Evans is apparently oh, the joke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Top five, yeah, top yeah. five. All right, what about the worst trainer? Um, oh, who, who's the worst trainer? <laughs> I can't really think. Probably Adam. We've, Adam been, told, we've been told Torhu. Yeah, that's what we were going to say. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Nah, he, two, three other he, people he is the worst. He is the worst attitude towards training, but he, he still <laughs> trains hard. <laughs> so he winches, but he gets on with it. Yeah, yeah. he yeah. dreads okay. it. He he dreads training, but he he still yeah. turns up. But Adam is just a. 
Adam trains hard when he wants to. Okay. All right, I'm going to ask you some questions from the fans. Um, Matt asks, uh, are you keen to be in the World Cup this year and who for? Who would you represent? Yeah, yeah, I'd, um, I'd love to represent um, my country. Um, I want to play for the Kiwis. That's been a lifelong dream of mine. And, um, yeah, um, I'd, I'd love to be a part of that part of that squad at the end of the year. I thought you were going to say so more. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I, I had the privilege of representing my, my dad's side, but um, I was I was born and raised in NZ. And, um, yeah, I, I'd love to play for the Kiwis one day. Awesome. Um, do you have any pre-game ritual or game day routine or superstitions? Nah, the, the only thing I do night before a game is I, I have pasta, a pizza and pasta. Mm. Carbo um, load, yeah. Yeah. Who are your Who are your rugby league heroes growing up? Uh, Cooper Cronk and Benji Marshall. All right. Um, one from the female fans. Are you single? Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, <laughs> at the risk of embarrassing my daughter, she's standing over in the corner cheering. <laughs> um, <laughs> what, are you, what are your personal thoughts on the six again rule? Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm fine with it. I don't, I don't mind. It speeds up the game and brings in, um, makes it more exciting um, when, when the faster players get involved. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm a fan. I'm a fan of that new rule. If um if you didn't become an NRL player, what career path do you think you would have been in? I'm not sure. I, I want to travel the world, but I, I just don't know what I'd do. I'd teach English or something. Can you something sing? where Mo I can travel. Yeah, most Kiwis can sing. Can you sing, bro? You could travel the world singing uh, no, songs. Uh, no, I can't sing. You could be a singing English teacher. <laughs> <laughs> Um, All right, was, I'll do that. Yeah. Who was the biggest influence on your career so far? Um, probably my parents. Um, yeah, I, I think my parents, the way they raised me, um, they, they they showed me that like nothing, nothing you can you have to work hard to get get what you want in life, and yep. um, since a young age, I've I've always worked hard for everything, and um, if I wanted something, then um, I'll, I'll leave no stone unturned. So, um, and I, I think my parent, my parents, played a big part in in my attitude and um, how how I go about um, my life. And finally, what's the most memorable moment in your career so far? Ah, uh, my debut. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Bro, we just want to we want to thank you for for coming on and chatting with us, giving up your time. Um, you know, we feel very fortunate that uh, both, you know, current players and ex-players uh, continually support our show and come on and, and have a chat. And it's really great for the fans to be able to learn a little bit about um, the stars of our club. So just want to thank you for that. I really, really appreciate it. I know you're not big on social media or anything like that. Um, you're a pretty private guy. And we wish you luck with uh, this Friday's game against the Cowboys up in North Queensland. Nah, thanks, boys. Uh, really appreciate you having on, having me on here, and um, yeah, appreciate the the support and the the crew that gets to the gets to all the games and gets behind us. And we yeah, we need as much support as we can get over here. So yeah, um, yeah thanks for all your guys' support. 
no worries, bro. We're looking forward to Thanks two weeks much. when we take on um, the Melbourne Storm at Central Coast, where they're putting on the big uh, Kiwi Coast party. That'll be that'll be a bit of fun for everybody. Yeah, that's that's exciting. Um, boys will be back from from a week off, so yep. we'll be ready to bang and hopefully uh, putting put on an upset. With with the week off, with the week of the buy, are, are some of the boys going to be going home to visit family that are back in New Zealand, or will you stay here? Or uh, because because our, our buy doesn't line up with Redcliffe's buy, we, we're going to um, plan to go home on the second buy when, oh, okay. when, both, when both teams have the whole week off. Yeah, which yeah. is, uh, that's when they're doing the, the Origin weekend or something, mm. isn't it? Yeah, so I think it's a couple of weeks after the Storm game. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I think yeah, we got the Storm, yeah. Newcastle, and then we go into another buy or something like that. Yeah, yeah so, so that buy week, um, the players that want to go back to NZ, they'll, they'll go for the whole week. Oh, cool. Awesome. Yeah. Nice yeah, that'd be great. That'd yeah. be cool. All right, bro. Um, get to bed. You've got an early flight tomorrow. And, um, yeah, good luck. We'll be watching. Yeah, best of luck uh, with the game. Yeah. And we'll, uh, we'll speak to you in a few weeks, bro. Thanks. Nice to chat. Too easy. Thanks again. Shop boys. Thanks, Chanel. Thanks, Scott. Thanks, mate. See ya. Ah, <laughs> uh, well, another great chat. Another great chat. My daughter's yeah. happy. Well, one of them. <laughs> one of them. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Sorry, my youngest daughter is happy. <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, no, that was awesome, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. It's we're again, we're we're always so appreciative for the players, past and present, who give up their time to chat with us. And as we always say, it's just great to hear the stories. And even if we hearing the same story but from a different perspective, it's that's it. It's always yeah. wonderful. Yeah. yeah absolutely. Um, yeah. So. Uh, That'll end tonight's episode, mate. We'll be back again tomorrow night, 7.30 for our uh, round. Dissection of the Mike Doreen, the first leg of the Mike Doreen Cup. Looking forward to talking about that. (laughs) We'll be talking about some hardworking performances. Yep. Someone's someone's going to receive a nice hundred dollar plaster voucher. So yeah, <laughs> and a free and a free twenty liter bucket of top coat. That's it. So we'll reveal who the man of the match was in the uh, inaugural Mike Doreen Cup tomorrow night. So don't miss out on that one. Seven thirty p.m. Absolutely. Um, but until then, uh, yeah. Thanks everyone for tuning in tonight again. Massive thank you to Chanel for coming on and and talking to us about his uh, his career. Um, and we we look forward to continue to follow him. Uh, in our Warriors colours over the next couple of seasons. We definitely do, mate. It's going to be great. All right, buddy. I'll uh, I'll see you tomorrow night. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in. Thanks, guys. Thanks, everyone, for watching. Yep. We'll We'll see see you tomorrow.